My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to this week's edition of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Dobby DeLeo, alongside Joe DeLera, producer Corey. We are going to talk NFL. Terry Takes, not with us today for the main episode, but he did a whole U.S. Open podcast as that kicks off today. Um, yeah, go Terry has to is, hibernate. Yeah, he, he exuded all of his energy for the U.S. Open, giving you his picks, and now he's done and, and doesn't have anything more left to give. But that's what we do, and that's why we like Terry, because he just gives it all his all. And uh, he's got some good picks for the U.S. Open. It's going to be a fun tournament, but go listen to that very in-depth podcast. Um, I couldn't make it to it, but I, it's going to be a fun thing to watch just because the course is just going to be absurdly hard. And that's my favorite kind of professional golf to watch is when the professional golf golfers look like amateurs and struggle in the deep rough. So it'll be fun, but definitely go listen to that. But moving on, Joe, we are going to go back to some of our original segments that we had been doing last year in the NFL. Producer core is excited. He's doing a little dance. But we yep. are going to start off with a segment called, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> and, and this is a segment where we just talk about takes that we were wrong, and, but we still think we're right. And I want to bring this up because I am sorry okay. that I said to the, our listeners, with you present, and we'll get into what you bet, but I said with our listeners – that it's a given that the Lakers and Clippers would play in the Western Conference Finals. And <laughs> <laughs> two nights ago, they blew a officially blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. You had bet Denver at the beginning of the series. And I think you actually stopped me. If we go back and rewind the tape, I think you actually said, hey, you know what, I think Denver has a shot. And I said, no, no shot in hell. It's written in stone. Yep. Lakers, Clippers. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the Clippers falling apart in the bubble. And again, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize because I just think yeah. it was just, it, it's, it was, that's just absurd. This and, is and, a and, classic fade me. And, and we were on the, and we were at the lake, we were on the Lakers anyway. So it was just a matter of who they were playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this was a great series. I loved it. Um, it really just showed that load management is stupid. Because at the back end of the series, like literally at the back end of the series, they there's like reports saying that uh, like the Clippers' main starters were asking to come out of the game in like the fourth quarter because they needed a breather after playing like three minutes. So it's like that's a whole thing. Like it, load management, yeah, but you also have to have conditioning. And uh, the Nuggets are exciting. Um, they presented a certain matchup issue for the Clippers, uh, namely that Jokic is a monster. And uh, they didn't really have an answer for him. And then, you know, Montrez Harrell is not uh, – they just completely exposed him and Lou Williams. So this team – it was a team that they, they really didn't play a lot together, whereas the, you know, the Nuggets love each other. They, like, everybody's friends. And what? it's really impressive when you think about that the Nuggets, like, didn't have Murray in the, in the bubble. There's a point they only had, like, ten players going, and they were just playing anyone, and they all came together. So, uh, awesome. The, uh, and, and playoff P, a.k.a. pandemic, pandemic P, P <laughs> could he could be a nominee for Gautier of the week, but 
he I just want you to give like a 20 second in memoriam to playoff P. Uh, you know, it's a real RIP. There was really not a lot that could be said about him. He didn't do well. He didn't show up. And I wish my mask covered my eyes so that I wouldn't have had to watch that atrocity. Give me, give me some quick thoughts on Heat Celtics, which you're covering for the Action Network. Yeah, uh, you, I want to say one you, thing. You, bet, you told me to bet the under game one, um, and you it told hit, the internet but... and the whole sports gambling community bet the under didn't hit. So I am waiting on on just bated breath for your <laughs> game two pick because I doubt you lose two in a row. Yeah, well, I want to say one thing. Kawhi Leonard needs to be getting a lot more shit because everybody was given like they he wanted we wanted the LeBron treatment. He wanted to be the best player on the team. And they didn't even make it out of the conference semifinals. So we're saying. done. We're done with the Clippers. Talk to me about Celtics, <laughs> Celtics heat. Give me, give me your game two prediction. And then uh, we'll talk just a little bit about the Lakers nugs. So I like the Celtics in this game. Um, the Celtics really were the better team in my opinion in game one. And they just like let off the gas. And I was reading one article um, about this and it's something that you could see even in the game. They, really just let off the gas in the end of the fourth quarter. I think that's really the only reason they lost. And I like the Celtics here. Brad Stevens is eight and four in the second game of a playoff series and against the spread. And he's five and one as a favorite. So I like this Clippers are minus two and a half. There's been a couple of steam moves. Celtics. Off too. Celtics. So uh, Celtics rather. So, uh, and we're going to take the, uh, we're going to take the Celtics. Um, I like them up to minus three. So, real quick on the Lakers and Nugs, um, do you give the Nuggets any chance against the Lakers? Only if they go down three-one. Um, <laughs> but I, but I think the I don't think so. I think the Lakers are better. They're much more rested, and uh, Anthony Davis presents a unique problem for the Clipper or for the for the Nuggets rather, uh, mainly because he can play both the four and the five, and. Uh, the Nuggets have shown that they have difficulty defending that type of big man in like the mid range type of area. Uh, Cause they just don't have the interior presence for it. Um, Anthony Davis is a monster. He's so fast. So it's going to be very interesting. The Lakers lost game one of both their series so far um, to pretty yeah. big odds. I think they're at least two and a half or three to one. Any shot that happens in game one again in the conference conference finals. Uh, I don't, think so the nuggets have been really accustomed to playing on two days rest and they're actually going to get three or one day rest they're actually going to get two before this game so i think it's going to throw them out of whack um but uh, no i just don't think so teams coming off and get seven game series uh tend to struggle in the first game you saw that with the nuggets in this past series they got blown out by the clippers in game one so uh, i think that's something that's going to happen again lakers are going to come out to a quick 1-0 lead Okay, that's our basketball moving on. And that's game two tonight with the Celtics uh, Heat. Yeah, Lakers then, are on Friday. Yep. So next segment, we'd like to officially bring back the Gautier of the week. Bruce's Corey's pumped. We got the song playing. Doing another dance. <laughs> and this is a segment where we just – basically with regret talk about somebody that we used to know i mean you didn't have to cut me off but my goatee of the week goes to indianapolis football 
team Colts head coach Frank Reich, who lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars after being a basically eight point favorite. This was a team that was projected to win the AFC South. Uh, they were my survivor pick in week one, so I am a little upset. It doesn't surprise me uh, as much after the fact, just because the Colts, I mean, we, we all just said the Colts were good. The Colts were good. And then now with their loss to the Jaguars, who many thought could be the worst team in the league heading into the season, just getting completely outplayed Philip rivers. He is still Philip rivers. That's, that's not what this, I could have went Philip rivers for the segment, but Philip rivers is exactly the person that would lose a week one game as an eight point favorite. But Frank Reich as the Indianapolis head coach, is my Gautier of the week. I just don't think that this Colts team um, is good. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they're like six and 10 or seven and nine. The, yeah, the tit- they are not the team we thought they were. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the line's great. <laughs> they have some weapons. Marlon Mack is down with the uh, ACL tear. He's out for the year. They have Jonathan Taylor. Um, There's some, some bright spots on the offense, but T Y Hilton didn't look like himself. Um, and just their defense, just let Gardner Minshew pass all over them. And the Jaguars might be a little bit better than we thought. Their rookies played extremely well, especially their cornerbacks in the secondary. But I just – they played so lifeless that it really alarmed me. And I, I'm, I'm going to sound the alarm for the Colts week one, and that's my go yeah. week. But let's talk about just the NFL week one in general. We're going to get into our picks a little bit after this, after we talk about just the, the week one and what we saw, what, we, what we're picking up on. I had a lot of people text me, DM me when the podcast went up last week saying, where's the picks? Where's the picks? Like, listen to the podcast. I wasn't really all about week one. I'd said I liked the the Washington football team a lot. They won, beat a banged up Eagles team. This week I like a little bit more, and I'm going to give the listeners what they want, and we're going to give some picks out. But first, Joe, I wanted to talk to you about week one. There are some teams that impressed me greatly then there are some teams that disappointed me greatly. <laughs> so let's talk about <laughs> the teams that impressed me first. So PFF, and if they listen to this and cut off my subscription because I don't have a license to talk about this, but the Green Bay... would be big for us. <laughs> Get to a fight with PFF. I, I love PFF, and I, I recommend it to anybody who's like a football stack geek nerd. But the Green Bay Packers have the highest overall rating in PFF after one week with an 83.4 team overall. They are the only team above 77. And that means offense, defense, special teams, they were clicking kind of on all cylinders. They let Minnesota get back into it late. They won 43 to 34. Uh, But the Packers impressed me a lot. Like that was a spot. The Vikings may just be a team with a a young defense struggling to kind of run into a high-powered offense in week one, but the Packers impressed me. The Rams impressed me a lot, and the Rams were a team that we were on all preseason saying that, don't forget about the Rams. This team could be good. They inked Jalen Ramsey to an extension before week one. Their defense looks great. Their offense actually looked very good. Like, they were back to McVay. Yeah, they were moving. Running a lot of pre-snap motion. Goff getting the ball out quick, and it looked very if, – if you are backing the Rams this year, I have the Rams over and wins. I have some parlays with them as the division winner because they were like 5-1 to one to win the division. But the Rams look good. They really do. Um, and they then do. after that, I, I think the Steelers' defense is the Steelers' defense. 
And that was insane. Barkley had six yards. <laughs> like that's insane. <laughs> to the to the Giants fans out there, I'm actually wouldn't be that disconcerned because Jones not. Jones actually he was he had a top ten quarterback. Besides the one throw, yeah. In PFF, he was an 82 overall grade in that game. Uh, only 12 quarterbacks had over an 80 grade in the entire week one season. That was against the number one defense in the NFL. Like the Steelers defense to me, bar none, number one defense. They are just scary. Uh, their front seven is scary. Their defensive back can clean things up. But I think that they have a lot of San Francisco 49ers of last year defensive kind of quality to them. Talk to me about some of the teams that you were impressed by. Um, I guess you maybe could start with the Seahawks because I was very impressed with the Seahawks. Yeah, I remember saying – because we were talking about how the line moved and it moved for, uh, away from the Seahawks to make them actually dogs. And, uh, you know, you had said off the pod, you're like, I love this spot for the Falcons. And I said, as soon as I saw the line move to plus my, I was like, that means I have to bet them again. <laughs> so, like, I, I like them. The thing that I noticed about Seattle, which I think is going to be very interesting to see if it's something that continues, is that – Typically, Pete Carroll offensive, offenses, offenses have been very run and heavy. And they're one, of the, they're one of the most even splits, if not the most even split in the NFL. If you look at this game, they threw the ball over 60% of the time. And you have to look at it and you say, is, are they kind of like giving the reins to Russell Wilson finally? Um, and I think that could maybe make this like an MVP type of year for him. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are there. I think the MVP is going to have to win 12 or 13 games. It remains to be seen because Atlanta, like, very well – we, we could very well be living in a world where Atlanta is 0-5 or 1-6 through the first six games. Yeah. So we look back on that, and we're just like, oh, yeah, the Seahawks beat up on them, but the Seahawks are a middle-of-the-road team. So I'm not going to go ahead and jump on the Seahawks bandwagon. I'm going to continue to probably bet against them every week and have them prove me wrong for the first, like, five weeks until I just give up. But the <laughs> – I, I, you know, from this podcast, if you listened last year, I love DVOA. Uh, they obviously you can't really take such a small sample size. So what DVOA has right now is called Dave, <laughs> D-A-V-E. <laughs> and Dave, <laughs> reading from DVOA's website, Dave combines our preseason forecast with games played so far to get a more accurate projection of how teams will play the rest of the season. Dave is currently 93% preseason forecast and 7% actual performance. So it heavily weights the preseason forecast just so you prevent kind of an overreaction for teams that just shit the bed in week one. And right now, leading the league in total, Dave. 22 22.2% ranked number one in total. Dave is a new Orleans saints um, followed by the Baltimore Ravens, Kansas city chiefs, Pittsburgh Steelers at four and the Seahawks at five. So I, I was impressed with the saints a lot. Michael Thomas goes down with an injury might be out a couple of games. I I actually don't think the Seahawks strength this year is the high powered offense. I think the strength is the defense. Like their defense looks very good. You know, Brady had the entire offseason to, like, come out week one and torch the Saints offense or defense with his offensive weapons. And the Saints defense just – they had a pick six. They had three sacks. I played producer Corey's fucking defense in fantasy, and they, they, <laughs> they just made me um, very upset. But, you know, the Saints are good. But I think what you have to do this season is kind of – especially with a team like the Saints is look at what they used to be and kind of 
force yourself to not think of them that way. So I'm thinking yeah. of the Saints as more of like a 49ers of last year where the defense was just incredible. And, you know, you had to score more than 24 points to even have a chance um, against yeah. the Saints just because they're going to put up points, I think, no matter what. Breeze, I don't think they're going to have a more run-heavy ball control offense. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't trade for him in fantasy football. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> um, I might I might just drop him, to be honest with you. Um, for that's, uh, that's what that's what everyone. Yeah. That's, Dominic that's, offered me. Drew Brees for Joe Burrow, and I said, "Fuck no." <laughs> he did say that, but let's go into our week one, our week two NFL picks. This segment is called Pick City, and we are just going to give three NFL football picks against the spread or a money line, depending on how freaky you want to get with it. I will start. I, I like this slate a lot more than last week's slate. Um, and I'm going to start out with the Miami Dolphins hosting the Buffalo Bills. This line is five and a half. It might get up to six. A lot of tickets on the Buffalo Bills. Terry talked me into the, the Dolphins last week, and I fucking hate it because I just never wanted to bet against Bill Belichick in week one where he had the entire offseason to prepare for one game. <laughs> Um, and the Patriots defense is still good. You know, they lost some guys, uh, but they're still good. It's still a Belichick coach defense. The reason why I like the Dolphins in this game is if you haven't listened to our offseason preview, shame on you, but we did not like the Bills this year. I think there no. is a storyline being put out there where, you know, Josh Allen's going to step into his own, even though even, – even in the Jets game, you saw this. He is just a – clusterfuck waiting to happen just turn with turnovers fumbles interceptions he forces it a little bit I don't think the offensive line is that great and the defense while it looks very good to start they played the Jets like let's not overreact and this is going to be my die on the hill at least for the first three or four or five weeks with the Bills yeah. to say that Did I think there are that what you just said up until you said against the Jets could have gone for either of those two teams Wild quarterback who's not in control, shit O-line, promising D, but nothing crazy. <laughs> and then you said against the Jets. I was like, oh, he's talking about the Bills. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. yes. This, is, this is a mess. So I think that this is a spot. So if the Dolphins are going to be a respectable team this year, and I think the Bills – and I think they're going to be respectable. Like I think the Dolphins will win five, six, seven games. I think that the Bills are going to miss the playoffs. They're probably going to – I think they're going to finish one or two games out of this, the third wildcard spot. If that is to be the case, and my projections that I've worked so hard and so diligently on, this is the game that the Bills definitely don't cover. A divisional opponent on the road against a team that's on a similar playing field and if this line gets up to six, I'm definitely firing away. I will take it at five and a half if it goes there on if it stays there on Sunday. But I just think the Bills might be getting too much love. Uh, the ad, the J- uh, Jamal Adams list Jets might be the worst team at football, and the Dolphins actually hung around with the Patriots for the most part. Uh, but I, like I said before, I think they fell victim to a Belichick defensive scheme week one and couldn't get anything done. But I, I the Dolphins at plus five and a half. I actually would probably sprinkle a little bit on the money line because in the AFC East, if you think that the AFC East is just a 
seven and nine, eight and 18 waiting to happen to win this division, like they're going to split some of these divisional games. So it would not surprise me at all. The Dolphins win this game. I'm a little surprised that this line is over four. So I'm going to jump on it. And that's my first pick Miami Dolphins spread. So I like, uh, this is a favorite, but I like Kansas city against the chargers this week. I don't think that the chargers looked particularly good against, uh, you know, a rookie quarterback, um, where there was a two and a half point spread in his debut game. Um, and I just feel like they weren't, they kind of strayed away from some of the things that had made them at least somewhat explosive. Uh, you know, like they didn't get Austin Eckler involved in the passing game at all. Um, and I think that the chiefs are, the chiefs are good. I think they're going to blow them out of the water. And, uh, I like the chiefs here. I know that the spread has moved from six and a half to eight and a half, but I think realistically in this game, uh, if you're back in the Chiefs, you're thinking they're going to blow them out. Um, I don't think this game is going to be particularly close. And Andy Reid, when you know he's on the road, he is 66-44-3 and against the spread when he's playing outside of Kansas City. So love this bet. Um, I love the Chiefs, and that's my uh, first bet of the week. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers didn't really show me anything in week one um, with just – offensive side of the ball like they were just they, they couldn't get a lot done against the Bengals defense and I really don't think they could handle or at least stick with the Chiefs like the Chiefs are going to put up points no matter what and I don't see the Chargers being able to hang with them so I like that pick exactly. I, my second pick it might surprise some people but I am going to go with the uh, the Detroit Lions against the Green Bay Packers I, I am this. actually I am actually going to bet the Lions at plus six because if you look at Dave, <laughs> if you look at Dave, the Lions are seventh projected offensively. And remember, Dave takes 93% of preseason projections. Seventh offensively, 16th defensively. Packers, sixth offensively, 31st defensively. So – you have the Lions as a projected more balanced team over the course of the season than the Packers. I think that they just blew the game in Chicago, but looked to be in control of that game the entire game. They choked it. We're a DeAndre Swift catch, a wide open catch in the end zone away from talking about the Lions much differently. But I don't, again, I think the Lions are good. I don't think the Packers are an elite team. And I think that you know, if you look at the history of the Matt Patricia Lions, there's one team that he's actually been pretty good against when their team is good or when their team is competitive. You look at 2019, week six in Green, in Green Bay last year, Green Bay won this game 23-22 to at Lambeau. And then week 17, Green Bay won 23-20 to at Ford Field. And obviously week 17, the Packers were like 13-12 and 12 and 3 by that point heading into the game. But I, for whatever reason, Patricia could keep these games close. And I think this game is going to be close. Do I think the Lions win this game? Probably not. Um, they could. But I think that this is a game where I think it's going to be a divisional game close. And if it's, you know, if it's above six and if it keeps going, I would maybe wait a little bit because I don't think it comes down because I think this is a pretty sharp play. I think that the Lions at plus six – you know, if it gets to plus six and a half, plus seven, go for it, wait for it. But I think that this game is going to be pretty close and I'm going to go with the Lions plus six. Like that. Um, the next game that I liked is I'm going to tonight's game. And I 
kind of like the Bengals tonight against the Browns. Um, they're, they open at plus seven and a half. They've gotten bet down to plus six. There's a couple six and a halfs out there. Um, so I think one of them's on FanDuel right now. You might be able to, you know, maybe buy it to seven somewhere if you want to get that full touchdown. But I like this game. Uh, the total's pretty low. You know, it's a 43. I think there's a lot of room for error. I, I didn't really see a lot from the Browns last week. They look like like total disarray. I mean, granted, like I understand they're playing the Ravens, but they, they just didn't look good at all offensively. And uh, Njoku's, I think, out for the next couple weeks, uh, who's, you know, like a favorite target of Baker Mayfield. And I feel like Burrow has looked better than Mayfield has at any point in time. <laughs> like, uh, you know, he's got some floor. He can run with the ball. And uh, I think that in a year where nobody's really got to see him, I think that the Browns coaching staff is going to struggle to come up with some sort of game plan to kind of contain a little bit of a mobile quarterback without as much uh, film on. So I like, I'll, I like the Bengals. I'm going to take those points and uh, we have some action on tonight's game. Yeah. I I'm probably staying away from that game. <laughs> like I really, yeah, fair. <laughs> I, you know, I could see both angles of it uh, earlier in this, in the 2019 season, the Bengals did put a whooping on the jets. I mean, granted it was the jets, but I, you know, prime time, Browns um, and they actually played well and that was the Steelers the the Miles Garrett game that game came down to the yeah. wire too I think the Browns um, Odell's definitely like a primetime player I think Baker is a primetime player but you know Joe Burrow looked very good I, I in the game aside from that one stupid pitch that he made to whatever the, that was to yeah fuck the, to fuck the second half over um, <laughs> I think that Joe Burrow actually looks like he was he was very in control even on the on the two minute drill when they marched down the field and and missed a field goal to tie the game and bring it overtime. He looked very much in control like nothing ever phased him. He was still you know the clock management was great and it's something that you'd love to see. Yeah. For the third game of my picks, and there's a lot of games that I like this week, so I'll post them on Twitter, but since I'm only giving out three, I'll talk about just a little bit about the teams that I do like um, outside of my official pick. I like the Giants plus five and a half. Um, I like the Vikings plus three. I think those are two teams that can actually win those games outright. Like I said, with the Giants, you know, I think there's an overreaction to the Steelers um, playing the Steelers defense and kind of looking hapless, but they actually look pretty good. Jones is getting the ball out quick. I like the Vikings a lot. Like I said, the Colts just might be very bad. Um, and the Vikings, I think, you know, have a very young defense and ran into a very good offense. And I think that the Colts don't have that great offense. I, if the Vikings can stop the run, I think Phillip Rivers makes some, makes some stupid plays and the Vikings could very well end up winning that game. Uh, I like the Eagles against the Rams. <laughs> I think that, you know, <laughs> oh, typical, typical overreaction right there. Uh, Eagles at home. It depends. I will say this, that it depends on whether or not Lane Johnson is healthy for this game because the offensive line is banged up for the Eagles. But if they have, if they have Johnson in there, I think that it's a different team and they could do a lot more offensively. But the game that I like uh, to give out, and this might surprise some people because I've been on the Washington football team all year and all off season. And I just think that their style of play where they still haven't found an offensive identity where they're throwing the ball downfield and not relying on their defense. I think that this is a terrible matchup for them. I don't think the Cardinals are a great team, 
I think that they ran into a banged up 49ers team and Jimmy Garoppolo just threw the game away, didn't play very well, but the Cardinals can score and the Washington football team cannot. (laughs) So I think that that is a modern day recipe, especially for a team traveling cross country with a young quarterback to not be able to hang with the Cardinals. I think that the Cardinals are elusive enough. They're fast enough to put up at least, you know, 24 points on the Washington football team. And I don't think Washington can put up 17. I really don't. Unless, you know, if, if Murray can evade that pass rush, which looks very strong, I think that the Cardinal style of play, which is a more aired out version of what the Washington, I, what, what the football team, I guess, what the football team score <laughs> saw. Football team. <laughs> I keep trying to say a fucking nickname, the FT. The WFT. FT saw the, yeah. What the FT saw in week one in the Eagles, that was more of a, you know, they lost their identity and it was kind of a slugfest. Like, I think Washington wins slugfests. I, I don't think they can hang in shootouts. And I think this game's going to turn into a shootout just because the, of how good DeAndre Hopkins looks, how fast these Cardinals receivers are, and how good Kyler Murray is. I think that anything over a touchdown is good money here, and I am going to go with Arizona, minus six and a half. Probably a surprise to a lot of people, but I really think that they're going to cover this. Fair, fair. Um, so my last, uh, my last pick here is I was looking at this and I want, uh, I like, so like, I like the, uh, Tom's going to hate this. I like the Rams <laughs> against the Eagles. So, I mean, I like, I hopped on the line originally when the Rams were dogs uh, and now they're favored. So I'm like, is this a trap now? But uh, I don't know. I feel like I saw more out of them, um, especially if guys are hurt. Uh, I like the line, but yeah, no, I'm saying if, if guys, it, like if, if, if guys you know, are like, out, so wait, wait until, cause this is a one o'clock game. So wait until yeah. around 10 or 11. And if Lane Johnson's out, if Alshon Jeffrey's still out, I think there's a couple other guys that are still hurt. Well, I, Sanders, obviously. Yeah. Running yeah, backs matter. Miles Sanders. <laughs> I think, the Rams, you know, it's it's a typical trap game with a West Coast team coming over East Coast, but I think yeah. that, you know, if the Eagles are banged up, I say roll with it, but if the Eagles are, you know, if they have Lane Johnson, if they have more than one weapon going out there, I think that this is a game that it's probably a coin flip, but I lean towards the Eagles. Yeah, that's fair. I say just keep it. I really do. I'm, I would say, yeah, I'm keeping it. I mean, I, I, I like it. I got it plus money. Uh, I think we'll take it. I, I mean, it's good in terms of the line movement if you're trying to follow something like that. Uh, but I, that was that's probably my last bet of the week at this point in time. I like it. I think that Goff has showed up, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do uh, to Carson Wentz, system quarterback, you know. So there's one tweet that you had shared with me pre-pod that I want to touch on right before we go into our inclusive parlay. The, and this is from John Ewing, formerly of Action Network, Next Action Network. He is a PR data analyst with BetMGM right now. And he says, did you know since 2003, when 0-1 teams meet in week two, the underdog has gone 36-18-2, which is good for a 67% winning clip against the spread per bet laps. And I just wanted to talk, because that's, you know, that's 
two out of three. <laughs> that team's yeah, win. that's a wild ROI. Yeah, wild. And I'm going to just read off the games that fit this. Um, that fit this system. Yeah. System, and we could pick our favorite game. Okay. Because and it's for the dog to cover after losing or to win or to cover to cover. Okay. So more important. You already like one of these games, but it's tonight's game with the Browns and the Bengals. Both own yes. one. Cleveland's a six-point favorite. Bengals, I could see winning that game. You already like them, so let's go to another one because two out of three of these yeah. teams historically are going to cover this uh, cover the spread. Falcons Cowboys one o'clock game. The lines at Dallas minus four. That line moved a lot because I think it opened at seven and it got bet all the way down. So I might have liked it at seven, but I don't think I like it at four and a half. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Next, 0 and 1. Already talked about it. The Vikings are 0 and Love 1. The Vikings Colts are 0 and 1, and the Vikings are the underdog at plus Love three. the Vikings. I actually like that a lot, too. So we're at two out of three. So we're doing good. Yeah. We're doing good. Uh, 0-1, 49ers at Jets. 49ers are seven-point favorite. I think, I think the Niners get this one. <laughs> okay, so we're back to 50%. And then we have one more. So this is the one. Panthers at the Bucks. Bucks are nine-point favorites. Nine is a lot. I think, it's, I think it's possible. But if you think the Bucks are Super Bowl contenders, then... I think you think they blow this team out, but I I think the Panthers can hang. I think they can too. For some reason, I like the Panthers here, even though I probably would not touch this game. Um, I'm not betting it. Don't bet it. Don't bet it. (laughs) (laughs) But there you go. We got three out of five, and now we're fitting the uh, we're we're fitting the. You're in the the plus money. You're in plus money. We're fitting the system here. So that's just an interesting stat to look forward to as you make your bets this week. So moving on to the inclusive parlay. we got sent back to uh, diversity training here at the Oddscast because our exclusive parlay, which was our – so inclusive parlay, this is a segment where we all pick different sports to include everybody. And we decided yeah. to change that with the NFL week one. We decided to do an all-NFL exclusive edition of the inclusive parlay, and we went 0-3. So no leg hit. <laughs> We did our mandatory diversity training at the Oddscast LLC. And now we now are we're back. Produ- producer Corey filling in for Terry Takes with the inclusive parlay. We got NHL, we got NBA, we got US Open, and we got NFL. So, and we got MLB too. So if you want to touch that. Yeah. I don't know if uh, producer Corey, you want to go first here? Sure. Uh, I got to get it while I can so nobody else takes my pick. Um, I'm taking the under in the game seven of Tampa Bay lightning versus the New York Islanders. I think you mean game six, game six, right? Six. Sorry. It's seven <laughs> unless, unless you want to throw in an no. Islanders money line. I, I have, <laughs> and then the future game seven. See, look, this is, this is the, this is the product of my brain rotting from a parlay that I made late the other night. I bet the nuggets and the Islanders to make it to win, to win champions. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I was sitting on my couch, like in despair after the Giants game, and this is what I came up with. So last night, I felt so validated when they both won. Uh, now I'm, I'm fully, I'm a believer. Um, you know, I'm doing sacrificial sh- shit in my apartment. 
to uh, to make everything happen. I'm going to win so much money. Anyway, yeah, back to games. Luck. Good six. luck with Tampa losing three games in a row. I <clears throat> Here's the thing about Tampa, and I don't want to get into it too much. As much as I love the bolt bus, it breaks down a lot, okay? No cup. They had the same group of guys. Breaks down. They're getting fucking old. Poor Stamkos. Anyway, back to my bet. Take the fucking under. It's at five now. If you can find a higher, good for you. Take the under Tampa Bay and Islanders game. The goalies are lights out right now. What's uh? What's the 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 actual number? Five for right now that I that I'm seeing. Under five. under five. Yeah. Yep. Five. Uh, <laughs> roll the fucking dice, Joe. There's a five and a half on Fanduel. Go ahead, go get your Fanduel fix if you want that. Yeah, I, I would. I would rather the under five and a half. I'm rolling with DK. I'm not afraid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who puts a, a futures parlay out on two dogs in the same night and the next night they just shock the world? Yeah, I that's mean, right. That's, I don't, I don't. that's 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 like yeah, you're losing <laughs> that tomorrow. You're losing that believe tonight. In something. You're losing Come that on. parlay tonight. <laughs> There's a goddamn oh, pandemic man. going on. All right, need, believe in something. I mean, hopefully, it. hopefully the Lightning only win by five and it's five nothing. So, all right, yeah, yes. Joe, um, this is your parlay so, too. Uh, now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the well and I'm going to uh, I, let's get a I would like to get a nice little win here, so I'm going to say the Boston Celtics minus two and a half. All right, should I go with the Thursday night game in football just because? Uh, to, make it it, to make it, I was it, thinking about it. Get, yeah. it, get it over with. Um, I mean, if I wanted to, I could play the over under on the uh, on the. The Browns, Bengals. Even though I would, that's true. Or you could turn to baseball. God forbid. What are the lines for baseball? I stopped paying as attention as once, don't... Uh, once the Mets fucked up uh, and lost. Yeah, I was gonna say as long as you don't include the Mets. They won. Uh, um, they won last night, though. Who cares? They did. They did. And um, Steve Cohen is buying the team. That's the so, news. I'm surprised you never. You so, guys also a win. Congratulations. So, so did you know? That Steve Cohen was based off of the uh, Axelrod, Bobby, Bobby Axelrod. Axelrod. Yeah, or Bobby Axelrod was based off of Steve Cohen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like somebody reality, just yeah. created Steve Cohen in like a lab. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Hey, this show's uh, good. Let's make this person real." <laughs> the uh, the Dodgers aren't a bad play tomorrow. They're minus one seventy or t- tonight. Julio Urias is on the mound. And uh, the Indians are, like, prohibitive favorites. Uh, they're minus 285 with Shane Bieber on the mound. Um, but those would be better as, like, additional games, like as a fourth. There's also in a the inclusive parlay. Right there, Dom. You know what I'm going to do? What are we at right now? So we have, like, two even bets, basically. Yeah, so it's like, uh, what is that, two? 250 or so. What is a Cajun in there? (laughs) What is a uh, minus minus 250 money line due to that? I will tell you in a minute. Or minus uh, minus 230 money line. Is that a baseball bet? No, it's a football bet. I'm not going to keep you. Okay, I'm, I'm getting nervous. All right. It makes it about 
plus 435. Should we go higher than that? Yeah. Uh, we could. We could. All right, fuck it. We'll go higher than that. We're going to throw in – this is on FanDuel. Joe, get it ready. I'm going I'm to go Minnesota Vikings money line plus 142. Love that. Now we are at plus 651. That's what I'm fucking talking about. I'm locking so, it in right now. We're ready. So it's the Tampa Bay and Islanders under five and a half. The Celtics minus two and a half and the Vikings money line. That's hot. So the Vikings are second offensively in PFF after week one. I think that the Colts defense is not good. And I think that in a season where I think home field advantage actually doesn't matter as much, especially with two teams that are geographically located very close to each other. I think the better team wins this game and uh, they're three point underdogs, but I'll, I'll, I'll just lay the juice, take the money line. <laughs> oh, the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> All right. To finish out week two NFL podcast, the Ozcast pods and Rex bring it back. Got a lot to talk about if you want to talk about. I would actually maybe recommend uh, not pissing on a Grammy on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that was something. So <laughs> Kanye West, presidential candidate, people forget. Only in some states. He's being sued everywhere because Republican operatives are helping him fi- file for uh, – get on the ballot in these states, uh, which is like such a – like not talked about story that like in the craziness that is 2020, I think that it's just like, yeah, yeah. The, you know, one party is helping a clearly random, clearly (laughs) mentally unstable celebrity uh, run for president to. Well, first you have to start caring where foreign powers start weighing in. If you don't care about that, you're not going to give a shit about a celebrity weighing in to distract votes from one other side. That's like, uh, that's like minor league shit. But could you imagine pissing on a Grammy? You can't flush it. Like you had to, like you have to take it out of the toilet at some point. Yeah, that go do it outside. Shove. Go do it outside, like a normal person. But like, what, does somebody come in and have to clean the Grammy? Yeah, I'll bet, like, I'll bet. Yeah. He's it also sounds really it. funny to say like you're pissing on the Grammy because like <laughs> Grammy, like grandma, like. Yeah. What weird. does that mean? Is that some weird thing that I read today on the front page of Pornhub? Pissing Maybe. off the Kardashians. Water play with grandma. <laughs> Same, same thing play. almost. Water sports. <laughs> Sorry, that's the f- correct terminology. Water All right. It's oh, late. man. I, you better clear your browser history. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have a positive Rex? Um, Joe? So it's about that time, and uh, I would like to uh, recommend sitting on your ass and parking your ass in front of Red Zone. It's awesome. I felt so back when I was doing it last weekend. I was like, I was moving around on the couch. I was moving. I sat on different cushions. I flipped them a couple times. I got a drink. I sat down. I had something to eat. I got back up. I did nothing else. It was awesome. I highly recommend doing it again this weekend and doing it for the next 16 weekends. Fingers crossed. Um, It's awesome. Do it. Even if you're busy, cancel your plans. Literally just sit in your house, get some good food, and rip red zone. That's my rec. I'd 
I'll second that. I did it last weekend. It was great. The most work I did was yeah. figure out what I was going to order. Oh, what'd yeah. you pick? That was tough. Uh, I went with wings. Drums or nice. flats? Both. Mixed bag. I love that. What's your uh, go-to go-to Sunday Sunday football meal? I actually, I, I have like a rotation, but this Sunday or last Sunday rather, I went with uh, some subs, like sub hoagies Ooh, for man. our uh, Pennsylvania listeners. Fuck a hoagie. I'm man. gonna say something controversial. <laughs> say it. Oh, that's that's like, what this podcast is for. I don't fucking you care about controversial. Cold cuts. I don't care. What did you say? I don't care about cold cuts. Like they just don't do it for me. It's like, oh, here's some like half-assed meat. Enjoy. <laughs> Go get me a fucking chicken It depends. Breast. It depends. I would prefer uh, like uh, a cutlet on my sandwich, but there is every so often like I really not like like a nice Italian. You know, I'm like, give it to me. I yes, need you know, a lot that, of oil. I, don't care I need about a lot of vinegar. If I'm you in on that. So, like, I like that. me and shove what super sot an Italian in your mouth. Oh. You pick any of those red Italian meats <laughs> and put it in my mouth. I'm not gonna know the difference. They're all like oddly oh. spicy, kind of greasy, and like overall underwhelming i like them all they're all great what about uh but i'd say my go-to is i i usually will get wings if i'm just by my if i'm by myself or with like an agreeable crowd i will get uh bone in i prefer bone in um otherwise uh like chicken bites are also an option um but that's generally what i prefer for for football some sort of wings okay i'm actually going to recommend so bringing it back to pods and rec since we're on the topic of food and if you're gonna cook your own meals oh here we go there's there's been a crucial item in the home cooking um just rotation and it's not even i know you're not not gonna you don't know what it is i know what this is tell me it's a meat thermometer no, oh, but close. I close. Say, he wants to talk about charcoal grills. So, so actually, <laughs> so <laughs> this is from somebody coming from somebody who loves charcoal grills. Yes, you got it. <laughs> who loves charcoal grills, um, but who hates cleaning up. So, okay. and both me and my girlfriend love cooking food, but we both hate to clean up. But do you what's raise her to f- cook so that like she has to clean up if you get there first and start cooking? No, just Vice neither versa. of us do. Like, oh. ever. So what 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 Only, I have what I have, attrition in the kitchen. What I have done, what we have done is gotten these aluminum disposable tins. And what's great about these things is that you can just put it in. Like if you're cooking vegetables on the grill, just throw them in there, sprinkle some oil throw it in there, throw the top on, it cooks. You can even, if you're baking like inside, like if you like have like a salmon you want to throw in the oven, put it in there, no cleanup. If you want to make like a fucking buffalo chicken dip, make it in there, put it in the oven, and you just throw the thing away at the end and you're done co- You're done cleaning up. So, greatest thing ever conscious daddy. <laughs> you know who figured just, out that trick? Every single woman outside of a major league <laughs> soccer game pushing a shopping cart with charcoal and tin foil pressed down on top of the grate and just churros and hot dogs. I'm just so happy. I, I just they I, had it figured I, out, man. They're so good at that. I have at least fifty every time. Um, at, <laughs> do at they all sell times. that at Costco? Those those tins? I just, just yeah, they do. They, they do. They buy they them. Do. They, they sell them everywhere. So th- that's my wreck, Corey. Okay. Finish it um, out. Lead us out. 
the fuck should I recommend? I read a book, uh, Beneath the Scarlet Sky by Mark. <laughs> I can't. Mark Bruce McSomething. McCoy's looking for the Mark, book. Mark McSomething. It's right yeah. there. Uh, yeah, it Beneath the Scarlet Sky, World War II, classic, uh, romantic tale. Pretty good. Solid seven. That was not where I didn't think it was going to be romantic. So that's a yeah, me either. And it turned that way. And I was like, oh, goddamn. I was actually going to ask <laughs> you about the. Uh, movie I'm about to watch tonight um, feels good, man, or feels bad, man. Yeah. So I I've I was gonna recommend this, but I was like, I'm gonna feel like an asshole if I recommend this without first. actually watching it. Those but, are the rules. <laughs> I guess we could talk about it next time. But it, this is like in line with our podcast. Can you assign this to everybody. Yeah. Let's assign this. Oh let's yeah. Assign it. Let's assign it. Let's so, take Pepe back. What's it on? What is it streaming so, on? You, I think you have to buy it. Yeah, or rent it's, it. uh, oh. you can like donate, and I think you get the Vimeo link and um, Prime was the other one. Okay, well, either way, Sounds we're we're, right. we're making we're we're Figure making you money this week. So, yeah. um, if we make you the money this weekend, send us a link. Set. <laughs> yeah, send us a link. Send us a link. So, you can sponsor the pod. <laughs> if you if we make us some money, if we make you some money this week. Um, you can just take some of those winnings and apply it to this movie. So I, so we've done me museum on this seg on, a, on this podcast before, which is a segment where we look at memes um, and just talk about the history of them. Talk about like why they're hot. Talk about our favorite portions of these memes or what, what we like about them. So this feels good. Man is a 2020 American documentary film film about the internet meme Pepe, the frog. So Pepe was created by this guy um, and it was like the most, you know, innocent thing just about some frog in like this comic. And it turned, it basically like fast forward a couple years and it is being um, called a hate symbol by like the anti-defamation league and like all these other uh, kind of whistle, not whistle, but just like over. How do you become oversight. a league? So <laughs> like an oversight <laughs> committee. So basically like it basically takes off and becomes like a alt-right hate symbol. And this guy is not an alt-right guy at all. So he's just like, what the fuck just happened? No, but he, like, it's like kids books. Yeah. He's like, this is a fucking frog. Yeah. This is like a passion project of his while he was like between kids books that he illustrates. So I am just, so enamored by how that happens and i think it's like a really interesting look or you know i haven't watched yet we're gonna watch together but it's an interesting topic for especially like young millennials and like how collectiveness on the internet gets changed and sorted and used politically and how like mass movements start through this fucking cartoon frog so i think it's it's incredible you've all seen pepe the frog memes you may have not even known it was like an alt right hate symbol but that's kind of what it's been co-opted as and we're gonna watch this and come back and that'll be our meme museum segment next week so and we gotta put an end Can't to wait. this shit because the the far right is ruining all happy things in life a comic and great meme tiki ruined. torches tiki torches ruined H hawaiian shirts. hawaiian shirts ruined good air hawaiian shirts ruined all right, don't buy an AR-15 or you're going on the list, buddy. Uh, boats. <laughs> Joe the Boogaloo boy. <laughs> boats? They fucking co-opted boats. boats? Like, I just assume if you're a boat boats owner, you're an asshole. 9-11? Uh, oh, sorry, themselves. that's too deep. All oh, right, no, you don't let's... Do that. We're going to talk about Cheney here. <laughs>
All right, we are going to end this podcast. Never forget. <laughs> In um, <laughs> honor of Terry Takes, we are going to send it out to one of his favorite songs. And we will see you next week. NFL Week 3 coming up. We'll post the picks on the socials. But thank you. Goodbye. Avita Zoo. Au revoir. God see bye. you next week. <laughs> oh, my God. Boys Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boys Club. Ooh, yeah. Boys Club.